0: Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter.
1: Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whenever you good listen night. to this. Uh, no, <laughs> you're probably not listening to us at night, but welcome to Prodigal yeah. and the Priest and me. Um, This is our Friday edition where we answer those questions that you have. Maybe they've come up from different conversations we've had, maybe other questions. They're stirring in your heart. They're just burning within. Maybe you contemplated questions of faith during the snow apocalypse uh, that hit Dallas. Whatever that may be, we would love to hear from you. Even we have people that just reach out and say thank you, you know, or people that insult us. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, we've had great. both. Like a, we've definitely had both.
0: Any, a, <laughs> anything at all. We're or, that desperate. Any acknowledgments, other <laughs> <laughs> insults. My, or my or?
1: favorite one. I have to read it. Is we just so, Patty listened to the episode. <gasps> oh, good. And so Patty said, "Hi, Joey and Father Paul. Thank you for answering the Byzantine question." In parentheses, so quickly. <laughs> it was worth the wait. Keep up the great podcast, Patty. Patty, thank awesome. you for pushing us to go the extra mile and get that simple answer that took us several months. So anyway, you, like oh, a go a ahead. like
0: a 50-minute episode yeah.
1: <laughs> to answer. And we probably cut that short. So um, <laughs> if you would like to submit a question, one of two, really one of multiple ways, reach us out to us on social media, our Gmail, Prodigal, in the Precimit gmail.com, parish.org slash ptp. If you know one of us, just ask us. I'll write it down. What, whatever way you can get a hold of us, ask your questions. We're excited for them. So let's jump into it. Hello, I had a question, and this is anonymous. Um, I had a question regarding past sins and confession. I keep remembering a ton of sins from the past. Sometimes they are serious, potentially mortal sins. But sometimes they're not super serious. I'm having trouble, though, because I'm remembering a bunch of sins from the past, so it takes me a long time to get ready for a confession because I have to think through the past sins to tell if they were mortal sins or not. Is this necessary? Do you have any tips? Thanks. So this addresses a few different things. One is, what if you um, forgot? And we're not talking about omitted. Mm-hmm. Like, Very if different. you purposely omitted a sin, that is a grave thing. And you have yeah. to go back and yeah, say, validates I've... a confession. Right. Um, there is a difference though. Um, and like you to speak to it on somebody just forgot. They went to confession. They forgot something or they didn't know it was a sin. Right. Um, because remember three things for a mortal sin, grave matter, you know, it's wrong and you still commit that act and you do it. Right. You know, so you have to have those things so that a mortal sin is truly present. So maybe speak a little bit to this uh, question and just maybe the ideas, Father, that somebody forgets something. Mm -hmm. Does that mean they should say it next time? Shouldn't they? You know, they didn't know something was a mortal sin way in their past. Right. Um, What you got?
0: Okay, so... What we got, uh, first it's important to understand like conscience and how conscience works. Um or actually, you know, that's important, but I'm not gonna start there. I changed my mind. Um <laughs> faked you <laughs> out. Juke, <laughs> job step. Um The confessional is kind of like <laughs> I don't know, for for whatever reason, um, even when people are used to coming to confession regularly, which I advises like one of the most important things you can do for your spiritual life. Um, a regular habit of confession. Um, e- even something like once a month or once every three months, like, like that's a really good habit to get into. Um, but yeah, people forget <laughs> all the time. It's so funny. Uh, it's not funny really, but like it kind of <laughs> is just, it's just not funny, how, how common it is that people walk in and then they'll be like, oh, no, I just forgot everything. <laughs> like, like I really did prepare, I promise. <laughs> right. Um, and so sometimes people will write stuff down so they don't forget, and that's not a bad thing. Um, but the basic thing is, like, look, you confet, You're, you have the obligation to prepare. Um, and to prepare is, as well as you can, within reason, as well as you can. So not, you know, a lifetime of preparation, <laughs> Um, but it's important to examine your conscience and right. actually know what you're going to say before you come in and not just get in there and be like, well, I don't know, it's been a while and I can't really remember. It's like, well, you need to prepare before you come in. This is really important. Yeah. But once you're in there, like if you forget stuff, even if it's a mortal sin, like that's kind of okay. Um, you have to confess. Just forgetting. All, just yeah, Just forgetting. Not omitting. Not omitting. So, You have to confess every um, mortal sin in number and kind as much as you can remember the number. Sometimes people can't remember the number. There's too many or it was too long ago and they're just not sure. So it's just like a lot. Okay, it's fine. Um, So as best as you can, number and kind of mortal sins um, for everything that you can remember since your last confession. Um, Now... The forgetting thing. What if I forgot something and then I remembered it right as soon as I walked out of the confessional or as soon as I got home? That happens all the time Mm -hmm. with those, because you forgot it legitimately. Like you know that that is forgiven, that God forgives you everything as long as you're not hiding something that is a mortal sin on purpose, right? Because you're ashamed or for whatever reason, um, or you're just like, I know this is wrong, but I'm not sorry, so I'm not going to say it. Like. Those are things that actually invalidate the confession um, because you're not being honest with God and God knows our hearts. And like, I don't know if you're not being honest with him. Right. Sometimes you can kind of tell and like, I may ask a question, (laughs) but, (laughs) but I don't know. I don't know your heart. Like no priest knows your heart. Right. Unless they're given some special gift like Padre Pio and stuff like that. But even then, like God is the knower of hearts. And so, like, you have to be honest with him, but not afraid, if that right. makes sense. Um, uh, like, Adam and Eve hid themselves after the fall, right? That's the response of that sin makes us want to hide from mm-hmm. God. Um, but God is the one who forgives us. He's the divine physician. Right. We have to show him our wounds in order to be healed um, and not hide them from him. So, anyway, to answer it simply... If you forget something in a confession and then you remember it later, and it's a serious sin, bring it up in your next confession. You don't yeah. have to run to confession; it's already been forgiven. But in justice, right, mm-hmm. to give God everything, to open those wounds up to the the light so that they can be healed or something. Right, um, like it's important to to bring that up later. That has to do with sins. Um, For your past life as well, right? You know, lived a wayward life, were Catholic, or weren't Catholic, or whatever, but didn't really practice your faith, have a conversion, start taking your faith seriously, and then you're like, what about, you know, this whole, like, 25 or 30 years of my life, where I was living a very sinful life, and, like, how could I possibly go through all that? Right. I think with that, I don't know. This is just a suggestion, but I think it might be helpful, like that might be a time to just keep a little notepad with you. Um, and when you remember something, just to jot it down. It doesn't have to be the full details of it, just number and kind, right? Yeah. Um, and then to bring those up when you come into confession, it's helpful for the confessor if you distinguish. You're like, okay, these are my sins since my last confession, and also I'd like to confess this from my past life. Um you can do that. That's a that's an important thing in justice, right? But like, those sins have been forgiven. It's See, not like yeah. the confession was sort of conditional upon you remembering this right. later. Right. Like, you are truly forgiven when you confess everything that you can remember. Right. Which brings up or a mortal good, sins. You don't right. have to confess all your venial sins. It's a it's a good habit to confess particular venial sins that you struggle with, but. That's a, that's an important thing. I think like we're not talking about even the just man falls seven times a day. Yeah. And that's what scripture says anyway. And, um, like you don't have to list off every single thing that you've done since your last confession. Yeah. Just the mortal sins. Right
1: now. It brings up a good question that actually like a follow up to this one that was asked. And first off, thank you for whoever asked it. Um, me and a friend were talking, we had been watching a series, um, by Father Dave Pavanka, the one on metanoia, on conversion. Um, it's a- amazing. If you haven't w- w- uh, seen it, for our listeners, um, it's from 4PM Media, the Wild Goose production. So Father Dave does a series on the Holy Spirit. This one's on conversion. And there are different testimonies in it. And one man speaks about something that I've always been, I've always struggled a little bit on the theology of, which is a general confession. Mm, yeah. And you kind of touched on it. So I kind of want to dig mm-hmm. deeper a little bit there. And for our listeners who don't know, um, there's something that some people maybe on a retreat or different things. They'll do what's called a general confession. And pretty much it is, you know, all those big things in your life ever from as far back as you can remember. I mean, you know, pages upon pages that you would write down and, kind of go through i struggle theology wise because i'm like well these have been forgiven mm-hmm. so i'm I'm kind of like wouldn't you call it more of a general <laughs> meditation of your sins <laughs> instead of general confession you know what i'm getting at um, yeah.
0: no it's it's a weird thing so theologically <laughs> like yeah like it, it's a weird thing but it's a good thing but it it's Uh, you're you're right to say like I struggle with understanding this because like once a sin is forgiven, it's forgiven. Right. So why am I going to confession? Yeah. Like in in confession. Um, but the, the theology of the church and and also the practice of the church, which, you know, helps, uh, helps us see like we're, we're unpacking that theologically, the tradition of our mm -hmm. church. Um, is that you can resubmit sins in the confession um, for uh, this this declaration of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that they weren't forgiven before, and that's why it's kind of a little odd. Right. Um, <laughs> and so it's important, like a lot of people struggle with scruples mm-hmm. um, where they struggle to feel like they've actually been forgiven. Right. And that'll make them want to, you know maybe i didn't make the confession good enough mm-hmm. and i have to go and do it again and keep doing it until i feel forgiven like the feeling of forgiveness depending on what your past is like right that that can take a lifetime to sink in because the feelings i don't know they're just a, on working on a different level they're yeah. not rational right right feelings are by definition <laughs> right. irrational um and so like yeah. When, when people have, have habits of sin that they're struggling with, um, like even if they haven't committed that particular sin, say a sin against purity, right? Yeah, uh, our world is so, is so set up right now in this diabolical way, uh, to tempt people towards impurity and to, to make a lot of them feel like it's almost impossible to stay pure. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that a lot of people struggle with. So, Sins against purity. Say someone has remained chaste since their last confession, but they know that they're struggling with this vice, this habit of impurity. Mm-hmm. It's not bad for them to say at the end of the confession, and for all of my past sins against purity. Right. Like that's that's submitting this thing to receive a particular grace. It's bringing right. it back into the light, being like, I know it's forgiven, but I've still got scar tissue. Right. Um, and that's kind of what the general confession is trying to do as well. Like to, yes, you've been forgiven, but there is another step after forgiveness, uh, called sanctification yeah. where God transforms us. Right. Uh, and that forgiveness seeps into every aspect of our, our life. I can see that. Um, and so it can be helpful. I,
1: but if you never if, do it either, you're, you're yeah are good. Too. Yeah. You're okay. You're okay.
0: It's, <laughs> It's something you would do at a, at a particularly big point of your life. Right. Um, and I, just one more point on that. like, It's also not something that you should do in the normal confessional line. Because like, <laughs> I've had that happen before where somebody will come in and, uh, you know, normally when someone has worked themselves up to make a general confession, it's a pretty big deal for them. Yeah. So and can take so quite a bit of time. Yeah, it can take quite a bit of time. But like emotionally they're very they've built this moment up. Um and so it becomes this kind of hard thing where you know that there's probably like twenty people in the line behind them because at St. Anne, like our confession lines are huge. Um We got a lot of sinners in Capel. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> um but at the same time you don't want to say like, hey, come back and make an appointment. You're just mm. kind of kind of stuck and so it's like all right this is a huge moment of grace and so like but it it shouldn't happen like that like general confession should be something that you make an appointment for right um or like you said i've seen on
1: silent retreats with personal spiritual directors exactly different things like that
0: yeah so uh but then last note on that um we do not have enough priests not even close in our diocese um when I entered seminary, I don't know what the stats are now, but when I entered seminary, our ratio of priests to Catholics was the second worst in the country, mm. uh, next to in L.A. Dallas, you're talking Yeah, Dallas. Um, we have a ton of Catholics in our diocese, and we only have like 170 priests. And our seminarians, like things are going well, but we're just, we have to recognize that. And so that makes it very hard for diocesan priests to have enough time to do the kind of spiritual direction, um, including things like general confessions, appointments for that—that are—I don't know—just to pull back the curtain. Like parish priests have to do a lot of triage work, right? In a hospital, when multiple people come in at the same time into the ER, you have to determine like <laughs> who, who who needs to be seen first, and. Something like a general confession, that's a beautiful spiritual practice. I don't want to discourage that, but I also want to say like, there are other things that we have to do first when we have such a shortage of priests, um, and it can be hard for priests to provide spiritual direction for the whole parish in yeah. that way.
1: Yeah, um, if you take that general number you just gave me by the 1.2 million Catholics in Dallas, just in Dallas. um, that's about 7,000 per priest.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now, not all. I think that number has gone up quite a bit. Right. Um, and I think the number of priests has about stayed stable because a lot are retiring. Um, we do have a lot more seminarians than we did right. back when I joined seminary. Yeah. But it's. I, I think we're just, I, I don't think we're increasing our numbers of priests. Right, um,
1: right. Good point. Good point. Um, all right. Next question. Yeah. Great question. Thank you. Um, wait, I asked that great question to me. Thank you. (laughs) Um, next one, just as deep. Do you, (laughs) do y'all eat the end slice of the bread (laughs) in a loaf of bread? (laughs) Do you eat the end slice of the bread? Um, yes, it's one of my favorites actually. Depends Um, on the loaf. Really any loaf. Even even just store-stocked, like that piece toasted on the end kind of mm. curls up, extra crunchy.
0: Yeah, all day. You? Yes, I eat it, but <laughs> I'm not as gung-ho about it as you are. I it mean on a on the fresh
1: lo- loaf of like Italian bread. Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: the heel? 100%, yes. Money. S- yeah, <laughs> that's a whole different story. If you're talking about like sliced bread from the grocery store, yeah. like... Whatever, it's fine. I'll eat it. It's not my favorite piece. <laughs> Excuse me, COVID. Um, oh, that's not no. not okay to joke about. <laughs> no, not okay. And he's already had COVID. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, uh, yeah, but on a good loaf of bread, I've been baking a lot more bread. That's that's. A I didn't hear now. about that. You heard about it? Well, you told <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, I told you.
1: <laughs> I was trying yeah. to act all cool. I heard about you baking no, bread, been,
0: but. I, my mom taught me how to bake when I was younger. She's a very good cook and a very good baker. Uh I think if we had lived in a different country where she was in, in Bermuda you're not able to set up just a small business on your own as a non-Bermudian. And so we were expats and so mm-hmm. she would have had to get a work permit, but like she in in a different sort of in a different world she would have started a bakery that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um and like she taught me how to bake, and I was never able to do that much of it during seminary because we mm-hmm. just always had food provided and everything. It's, yeah. And then when I got here for the past two years, I've been like, "Oh, I'm too busy. Like it takes too much time." I've started making time for it because mm. it's a, uh, it's it's one of these things where it's like, I could do so much more with this time, but if I think like that all the time, I'm gonna burn myself out. Yeah. Like, um. It's most important to, you know, to think like that with prayer. Like yeah. this is more important than whatever else I could right. be doing. Um, but also with with some hobbies. And so like like bread making, I've started, yeah.
1: Is there a certain one you go yeah, for? Yeah, I've
0: started making like the, the Jewish challah bread um, uh, as a weekly I know, thing. I couldn't
1: just, remember the word. I was like yeah. matzah. Yeah, it looks like
0: challah when you, when you read it, but challah is how you say it. Mm. Um, and so that's been kind of a fun thing and I had to learn how to braid for the first time because it's a braided yeah. loaf um, and I never knew how to I'll braid I'll have you
1: come braid Fran's hair yeah that'd be weird uh, do the Elsa do and Anna braid that's what they say nowadays I know you're unfamiliar still yeah. with the frozen. references I do know it's frozen. from Frozen so now when, I don't know when what she goes and like. gets like her hair done or somebody is at the house and knows how to do it or Nikki does it or whoever does it the, you pretty much nowadays, because that it's been so iconic for girls, Frozen, they say, do you want Anna or Elsa? Anna has two so braids to the side, Elsa one braid down the middle. Is that so, different
0: than pigtails?
1: Yeah, pigtails are just
0: like tight and you like... They're like a ponytail on the side of your head. <laughs> yes.
1: We've yeah. now digressed yeah, from bread. I know
0: but, but I've also been making other bread.
1: You should do semolina. I love semolina bread. Do you like it? It's like Uh, a yellowish bread. Yeah, Yeah. you got it. So good.
0: Yeah, it's in New Jersey. You taught me how to make pizza. I used to make focaccia and pizza dough, and like those are really good. But I've I've been making this like this like quick, uh, sort of very hearty whole wheat bread lately. mm. It's good stuff. Good stuff.
1: All right, next question. Um, this one a little late, just because with not being able to film in that but i think it's a a good one um chris asked two different questions so one is a little bit shorter one a little bit longer i'm sure um joey father paul what do you th- uh why do you think there is a year of saint joseph this year mm. um joey is that who you're named after um would you guys also consider mention- mentioning the consecration to promoting it so it mm. did start on february the 15th consecration to saint joseph i'm doing it with my wife it's awesome. You're mm-hmm. doing it, right? I'm also doing it um, just by myself. It's by Father Donald Calloway. Calloway. Yeah. yeah.
0: I always call him Father Michael Gately, who is <laughs> another author the 33 who writes days morning books. books. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but Father, this is Father Donald Calloway, yeah. M-I-C. That's yeah. his religious order. Um, he
1: was in Steubenville when I went there and went to a decent amount of... They, they have a house hmm. in Steubenville. Uh, went to a decent amount of masses with him. Cool guy. Cool story. Is cool. Fa-
0: yeah, I've heard his story Very, actually. I heard him speak once. Yeah, he's uh, like,
1: it like got involved with like the Chinese mafia and yeah. huge different Crazy. stuff. Yeah, so, um, all that to be said is I, I'll be completely honest. I don't know who my parents named me after. I know Joe's a popular Italian name. Um, I don't know if they're like, yeah, Saint Joseph. Um, I love my parents. I think they love the faith, but I don't know if they're like, yes, we have a devotion to Saint Joseph. Compared to our kids, we're like, we have a devotion to Saint Francis, Francesca you know, um, Sophia, we love, we're wise people wisdom, you know, um, uh, (laughs) we love St. Claire Chiara, um, or Dominic who my wife thought we were naming him after the Dominican. I thought we were naming him after St. Dominic Savio. Mm -hmm. So it worked both ways. We celebrate. So all that to be said, why do we think there is a year of St. Joseph and yes, do the consecration. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. Do the consecration. It's, it's it's really it's really nice. I'm reading through that book right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we said it started on February 15th, but that's if you're doing the consecration on the solemnity of Saint Joseph, March 19th, which is March 19th. He he gives several starting dates throughout yeah. the year because there's so one for May 1st on. too for exactly. Saint Joseph. Yeah, so if you haven't done out. it, yeah, or it's it's okay to jump in halfway. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. We're not even halfway. We're like a weekend, but mm-hmm. uh, that's okay. You can do some two-a-days or something if you want to go through all the material. But the whole point is just, to like, you could just make a consecration on the day. Say, like, this is the year of St. Joseph. I'm going to consecrate myself. But his mm-hmm. argument is, well, why not spend, a, like, 33 days before that or a period of time before that learning mm-hmm. about St. Joseph? Right. Um, about whom so little is known. And uh, in the history of the church, like, the spotlight hasn't always been on him. Right. Um, so it's a, it's a nice thing. Why a year of St. Joseph? Uh, I have a
1: thought. If you have a thought,
0: you go ahead. I want to hear your thought.
1: And I don't know if Pope Francis intentionally, I mean, he's a smart guy. He probably did, but I think that we are living in the worst times of fatherless generations.
0: Yeah, I agree. Same thought.
1: Um, that there's not many father figures, many biological fathers have abandoned their children. Um, And we need to know we have a spiritual father in St. Joseph. In the same way, it's easy for us a lot to go to Mary as our spiritual mother if we don't have a relationship with our mom or it's not good or maybe she's passed. We seem to just make that connection easy. Um, I don't think we make it as much with St. Joseph and as a father And, um, yeah, I, I I think that's what it boils down to that we're dealing with a fatherless generation.
0: Yeah. And we see the, the social fallout from that in so many ways. Um, like the breakdown of the family is (laughs) the significant contributor to a lot of the social ills that we're struggling with right now. Yeah. And that in particular, what we're talking about is uh fatherless families. Yeah. Um, and so like St. Joseph, he's, he's just, he's yeah, the man. He's, he, he is. He's, he's the man. Um, and so for like, he's the man for, for people who are struggling with the, the sort of fatherless situation. He's the man for fathers who are like, I don't know how to be a father. Um, I need an example um, he's the man for like, as a spiritual complement to our natural fathers here, mm-hmm. like it's just, it's a really good thing and it does seem really fitting yeah. right now. Um, and I was really pleased, like I've for several years now, and I think I mentioned this before on the podcast for several years, uh, I together with a group of some priest friends have like tried to foster some devotion to St. Joseph, uh, amongst ourselves. Right. And, um, for me, what that's looked like is every Wednesday evening, uh, chanting the the litany of St. Joseph. Yeah. And I was really pleased to see in that book, uh, with his consecration, the 33 day consecration that that is like, that's sort of the recurring prayer yeah, every that you're day saying you every literally. day. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, um, so yeah, I I think it's good stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, y'all should y'all should look into that book. You can get it on Kindle if you're into that. Um, <laughs> it took me a while to order it because I think it's really popular right now, right. so it took a while to get in. But um, right, yeah, I, I've really been happy do with it. it so far.
1: Yeah, and we we did I think an episode on Saint Joseph. We probably talked. Sometimes yeah. people will be like, "Hey, you already answered that question." I'm like. Yeah, okay, whatever cool. I don't remember anything I <laughs> beside besides things in Latin and other
0: languages well, I forgot and how stuff to say like that I, I forgot how to say the uh, the side of the cross in Latin the other day which is something I've done so much like I was like is it Spiritus sancti or is it Spiritui santo and I had to think about declensions and stuff and I'm like what is wrong with me why am I so I don't know brain is just not all there right now it's foggy. It's foggy foggy it's still defrosting Defro- after the ice
1: <laughs> um the blizzard as you texted me a few times <laughs> yeah. i was like anybody who's a- actually experienced a blizzard is just so
0: insulted like, by this that this was comment. tragic it was a crisis but it wasn't a blizzard true
1: true yes <laughs> and we have sympathy for all those going uh with uh, who went without power and water and busted pipes and all that but in the north i mean a true blizzard that's been you know that's crazy i it's think we got four wind. four feet when i was in 96 so <laughs> on behalf of joey scansella father paul bechter we want to say take care
0: god bless.